So as you go through this course, you're going to discover sometimes to your pleasure and sometimes your dismay. We just keep rolling along. You know, go from this to this to this. Okay. First of all, what is generosity? Okay, now what is prayer? (laughs) Um, You can digest it all later. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> when you get when you get into your group meetings or meet with your buddy or write your reflection papers, you you could say, now "What happened?" <laughs> um, the, the notion of this section is making contact. Um, I, I remember once we had a, a guest presenter, and and he recommended. Um, that you you have your initial phrase, you know, that that you say as you enter the situation, the room, meet the person. Um, and, and and then he, this is the part that stuck with me. He said, "You look in a mirror, and you just keep repeating your phrase, and you keep." Um, like both being the person saying it, but also watching yourself in the mirror. You're also kind of like receiving it. You know? And his notion was, was twofold. You, you know, a lot of time we, we have our intention. You know? we're, we're experiencing who we are from the inside out. But the other person is experiencing us you know, from the outside, from their own frame of reference. I don't know if I think maybe we've all heard this by this point, you know, intention and impact. Everybody aware of that notion? No, this is, I think I'm doing this, and then I think I'm being friendly, and then this person, you know, is experiencing me as aggressive or assertive or something, you know. so his notion was, uh, by watching yourself in the mirror, say what you say, you know, th- that you can see both and experience your intention in saying it, presenting yourself the way you present yourself, and then what's the impact? I thought it was a kind of a dangerous thing to do, you know. Yeah. Why you're recommending it. Yeah. Now I'm adding the word of caution. <laughs> no. But uh, the d- the danger being that you become like literally too self-conscious, you know. Uh, well, I, I would say there there is a way in which to be grounded in your in in your own being, you know, have having found that connection, the authentic expression, and then, you know, how is this coming across? I think sometimes as Buddhist practitioners, you know, mostly I practice in the Zen tradition, I think we put a lot of emphasis on 
being grounded in your own being and being authentic. You know? Then sometimes it feels like, yeah, and you can take it any way you like. <laughs> but certainly as a chaplain, to uh, be attuned. You know? how, how is this, how am I coming across? You know, at various times, we've, we've discussed, um, especially if you're in a hospital or some environment like that, where the people are exposed to a whole variety of people. You know, nurses, doctors, orderlies, radiologists. You know. Okay, and now who's this coming into the room? Uh-huh. Um, is, is there a manner of dress that signifies is it, you know, um, who you are? You know, a spiritual care person, you know, a, a chaplain. Someone told me recently at Kaiser that they said spirit care. Has anybody volunteered at Kaiser? Mm-hmm. Is, that what, is that what you're... you're Spiritual care. I think someone told me that where they were. Compassionate bedside presence. Yeah. So this person, in in their recommendation, was saying, have a way of describing yourself that's brief and descriptive. And then, but also works for you. You know, works for you and communicates to the other person. And then their recommendation was, say that enough to yourself to where you are comfortable with it. You know, that, that you're not just sort of awkwardly and clumsily saying something and giving the impression well, I'm not really a chaplain. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretending to be. <laughs> no, this is who I am. And I bring with it the kind of the dedication and the authority. Um, so we're going to explore this in, in an experiential way. You know, we're, we're going to divide you up into threes. And and then the three of you will be, you'll take turns. One person will be the chaplain, one person will be the patient, and the other person will be a family member. And then you will role play. Um, Which is a kind of a mixed blessing. the, The blessing of it is that it's role play. So you can experiment. You 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 can. Like, the patient isn't going to die. They're just pretending to be a patient. <laughs> so, so settle into the role, you know. And then at the same time, um, take it seriously, you know. Well, how will I present myself as a chaplain? What will I say? And and then later you'll get feedback. And as the course goes on, this will happen more and more. Here's how you were when you were chaplain. You know? And um, 
and to be open to that too. So one person will be the chaplain, one person will be the patient, one person will be the family member. And then the patient for that, that interaction and the family member, they will create some kind of scenario. What kind of what, what is your medical condition? Uh, and what is the dynamic between you and the family member? And then as chaplain, um, you're entering into the unknown. You're presenting yourself, you're making yourself available, and you're in a process of discovery. Okay. Well, what, what is their description of what's going on for them? And how is that for them? In my experiences, it can, it can rain so much, you know? Someone might be in hospital to have their tonsils out, and they're really, you know, as Christina was saying earlier, she, she thought, well, logically, this is a very minor surgery, but actually, it's affecting me very deeply, you know? Other person might be in for open-heart surgery, but they've really made the peace, their peace with the fragility and transitory nature of life. They're not um, you know, deeply disturbed by it. So as chaplain, to discover, to learn, and respond appropriately. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll do that scenario with those three roles and then have a little debrief, and then we will switch roles. So everybody will have an opportunity to do all three. Okay? Do we want to also offer a scenario that's not about the hospital setting Mm -hmm. for those that are serving um, in prisons? Yeah. A little feedback about kind of our... Mm Mm-hmm. So could it be... Anyone who works in prison, and Jennifer was just saying, if you didn't hear, she was saying, well, should we offer uh, other uh, scenarios other than that? I had thought of that because that's what we've done in the past, but also because um, it, it, it has an obvious description to it. I, 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 you know, we, we were talking earlier that this group's a little unusual, with a number of people who are actually doing their ministry in a prison setting. How about if a guard or a staff person they introduce themselves to is asked to chat with them on the way out the door? Well, let's see. Uh, for the people who do ministry in prison, does something from your direct experience, does some scenario there come to mind? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Okay. What else? I saw some hands over here. Sorry? No, it's not okay. Okay. Nadine's pointing at you. She's setting you up. No. <laughs> I thought you put your hand up. Sorry. She did. Are you sure? 
Okay. Other person folks? What is the place of the third person? Family member in the context of this person? Well, that's... I, I couldn't. I couldn't figure that out. So <laughs> that's why. I, please, please let me leave it. Please. Oh, okay. You're right. I think. I think. I think the scenario in the prison is so different than the hospital yeah. okay. that it's almost like a different exercise to try to make it work. Yeah. 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 yeah that's my sense too, actually. That's not my sense. Yeah. Well, that was that wasn't to uh, prevent you from offering something, if you have something to offer. I mean, not to say we'll do it, but please, it's, it's always helpful to hear the oh, direct experiences you're having. It could be a scenario because I feel like a week, you know. Um, but the questions that get asked, point blank, it, it, it could be put in the same context. It's, it's, you know, could you give us a little, could you, could you give us a brief description of your thoughts? Like make up a scenario, a prison scenario. You think, well, it could be like this. And then for this triad, with each one having a different role, can you imagine that working? No, not a triad, I don't think, necessarily, because you know, the obvious would be a correctional officer as a third person. It didn't seem so obvious to me, because uh, you know, they, they're not usually part of the dynamic. Right, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes they'll be by the door. Uh, well, well, that's my experience. Sometimes they're by the door, or either inside or outside, but usually they're removed from... They're, they're, they literally usher the people in and usher them out. And don't... That's, that's my experience anyway, most places. Well, let's do this. We'll break into triads. The default will be the medical model. However, if the three of you feel like, oh, we have a wonderful scenario for being in a prison that would, that would work just as well as that one, then so be it. Go ahead and do it. Okay? So the three of you will decide and in the absence, if you, if you can't, or, if, or literally, if you just say like, well, I would like to try something different. I'd like to experience, um, on, on behalf of the hospital model, because the roles are clear, that, that can be helpful, especially when you're doing role play for the first time in this group. That, that may be helpful. 
but not to exclude the other option. Okay? So we'll count off one, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's, we'll just take the first three, and then the second three, and then the next three, and then the next three, and go around the room. And then it'll be four at the end. Okay? Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll count to seven. 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 Okay, so let's um, divide up. If all the ones could come over here, then the twos, then the threes, the fours, fives, sixes. Yeah. Yeah. And then if, if you want to take your group outside. You could. Oh, okay. The other four. Could, could I ask you to go out here? Yeah. Just sort of make it. There shouldn't be two fours. No. One of you. Well, you were number four. There should be three in a group. Okay. You, you might want to separate. You could, you could go outside if you like, just to give you a because then you'll be overhearing each other. Maybe just go outside. There's a lot of space out there. Okay. So before you start, let me give you some, um, a little bit more structure. So decide which scenario you're going to use. And then decide who is going to be the first chaplain. So, could you listen for a moment? Could you listen for a moment, please? Could you listen for a moment, please? And I'll give you a little bit more instruction. Okay, just a moment. Let me give you a little more instruction. So, decide which scenario you're going to use. Decide who's going to be the first chaplain. Then the chaplain steps away from the other two or three people and 
then you make up the details of the scenario. So, de- so collectively decide, okay, we're going to be a hospital or we're going to be a prison. And then the chaplain steps out and the other folks make up the scenario so when the chaplain comes in, they don't know the details. Okay? Is that clear? Yes? Got it? So, and then, got it? And then, you're going to do it for about five minutes. You're going to do it for about five minutes. So when do we know that you're going to... I know, I, 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 no, don't go outside if you would just stay close. <laughs> okay, we have about ten minutes to debrief, a little less. Um, what was it like to be a chaplain? Um, what did you learn about this kind of dialogue? Um, and any other insights or teachings that came forward for you from doing it? If you could. Yeah, so I, I really appreciated this exercise. It gives a feeling for how it might actually be to step into a hospital room, not knowing what the situation is. Um, it clarifies for me uh, that intention is very important. How I walk into the room, what intention do I set? You know, like the intention to just hold space, to listen and understand. Um, one of the people in my group mentioned that my approach was a little more like therapy. So I was wondering, what's the difference between there is there must be a difference, but like what exactly is the difference between like kind of like being in a therapeutic role versus a chaplaincy role? If there is one, yeah. Well, we could talk about that for the next half hour, but in brief, I would say the, the, the psychological, the th- you, that's the kind of therapy you're referring to, right? As, as a psychological therapist. That, that has a particular perspective. You're looking at the psychodynamics of a situation. You're taking other things into consideration. And, and I think as a chaplain, you, your primary reference is is different. You're you're looking at the spiritual dynamics, and the two overlap. Both would attend to the whole picture. Both would be watching all that's relevant and, and significant within the context of the exchange. But the, but the primary reference would be different. I don't know if anyone else felt this, but I felt it was really scary <laughs> and like overwhelming, <laughs> and also just <laughs> like the excuse me the scenario we chose <laughs> was like really heartbreaking. So maybe it's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, like my group members are incredible actors, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like feeling the heartbreak of the scenario we chose. Um, The one thing that was mentioned in the group was just, I think the exercise illustrates it, is that even (laughs) like five minutes together can be incredibly intense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And to just remember that every moment can be so meaningful. Yeah. And like the space that my the chap you know, like the chaplains in my group held was like really powerfully healing. Yeah. And I'm really in awe. Mm. And I'm like still crying a lot. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. But yeah. Um, one of the members talked about, our members talked about, um, um, about talking and listening. And I was, uh, uh, became really aware of there are people that we're going to walk into the, well, I'm going to walk into the room with that, um, the people are talkers, the people are listeners, and some people are just not there. And as a good chaplain, for me, is the wisdom to know the difference of the different personalities and develop um, the wisdom to be able to sit with each one of them, the talker, the listener, and the person that's not there, and just to validate them um, and their experience. So that's what I got. I think that's a great point, you know, tuning in to how is it for this person and how do, what's, what's their, in a way, their primary way or their most, their dominant way of expressing who they are. I mean, are they emoting deeply and the words are not so necessary or, or is being able to talk about it and have someone listen deeply what's most healing for them. Yeah, to be able to tune into that. Yeah, it's like I really got, I've got to get out of myself in the way that I think mm. it should be yeah. as to the way it is. It's like yeah. doubt. It, this is the way that it is. Yeah. And that's the real gift yeah. for me. It's a real gift mm. uh, to do that. Yeah. So that's why I'm excited about doing the work because <laughs> I ain't going to get the gift. <laughs> and receive. <laughs> Um, I also found it very challenging. Um, it's the first time I've really ever done that. Um, and one of the things that I noticed was positionality, that um, I was standing and the patient was in the bed and the family member was sitting. And about halfway through I went, oh, this feels very unequal, like, um, so if I were to do it again, I would have pulled up a chair and asked, would, is it okay if I sit and pull up a chair? And, um, and then also be more curious, like ask, ask questions rather than explain. Um, those were some of the things I learned. <laughs> you're getting down to a person's level. I remember being told once, when you're talking to a child, you should get down to the It's very helpful often for them to get down to the same level. I think it works for adults too. <laughs> it's funny how these things will bring up like the big fear. It's like the big fear is the thing that they acted out, which was rejection. 
and um, I stuck with it, and that's it seemed to be useful for them. But it was terrifying for me, <laughs> and so I just—I um, mean, I was walking in with a little bit of terror, and then it was sort of confirmed, and I was like, "Well, then, why am I doing here? Yeah, why should I be here?" Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I won them over. But then I also <laughs> had my like my little agenda that I didn't totally enact, but I was very aware that I really wanted this person with this diagnosis to like really be at peace and like die in peace. And um, that was very clearly not happening. And that was kind of the scenario. Um, So just recognizing that and like the things that I'm faced with are just facing me and slapping me in the face sometimes. So thank you. A question that um, we had, and uh, when I was being chaplain, um, I was probing this relationship, and which was adversarial. Um, at what point do you f- stop trying to figure out what it is that they need? If they need prayer, what do they need prayer about? What are their concerns? What are their, you know... Where, where are their hearts? And w- how do you, like, ask? Other than saying, what would you like me to do for you? How do you, how do you actually approach? Do you want some sort of spiritual assistance? Do you, I mean, how do you do that? And when do you know how to do that? Or when, yeah, you know what I mean? I, th- I think part of it is, seeing the apprehension within yourself, you know, that from your place of sincerity, you have this deep wish to get it right. You know, I think, okay, yes, that's there. And then the other part, I think, is something like lower your standards. Think, I'm going to mess this up, you know. There's no way I'm going to get everything right, you know. And and that's how it is. And, And when I say the wrong thing, I'm, I'm going to say, sorry, did, did what I say just offend you, hurt you, mislead you, confuse you? I'm sorry. What, 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 what is it you wanted to tell me? You know, like, can you have that kind of resilience? You know, that even though, okay, well, that didn't work. Okay, well, that was, that's information. Now, and course correct. No? Uh, but almost like the inevitability of missteps and the respect and appreciation of your own deep sincerity to get it right no. rather than your raging criticism of yourself for <laughs> being so stupid <laughs> Um, is it most uh, common that 
chaplains visit people because they've been requested? Like, do chaplains ever visit, say, in a hospital, just keep that scenario, do they ever visit people when they weren't requested? Does that make sense? So yes, you do visit sometimes, even if you haven't been explicitly requested. I see. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Thank you. It happened at our hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We used to call them cold, cold calls. To the side of your mouth. Oh, cold calls. Cold calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're different from mm-hmm. when you're, you know, actually invited in. And usually there's a specific reason that you've been requested. Mm-hmm. So. It's a different presentation. Yeah, yeah, very much so. That, that was part of what was going on in our scenario. I, I, in my head, I was getting caught in my head because I was thinking, I thought they asked for a chaplain. They're acting like they don't want me here. Yeah. So, yeah, it starts to create that inner dialogue. Sometimes the medical staff will ask for the chaplain to visit. Well, that was powerful. I choked. I, I really... Um, on a life and death thing, it was like, <laughs> and um, so that was rich and humbling. I appreciate what you're saying, and my tendency is to draw from my own life experience. And but I realize there's a potential, like obvious potential, in making that about me, and also, like, kind of a role reversal trip. You know, like if you're not careful and expressing too much vulnerability, um, like they're worried about you. But at the same time, um, my understanding of like our, our literature and the books, like you know, kind of like heart, you know, coming from the heart trumps all modalities. And to me, that's the strongest way to connect is just drawn from my own direct experience. I mean, truthfully, it's all I have. So I'm wondering about that boundaries, you know, for lack of a better word. Yeah. You know, one way to think about it is one way. Let me emphasize that. He said, we all have the same emotional range, right? Uh, we all have the same emotions. We, we actually vary in the intensity that we allow ourselves to have them. But what triggers those emotions can vary widely from one person to another. So, the, so there's the common ground, and then there's the unique individuality. Like I say, someone can go in for tonsillitis and be terrified. Someone can be going in for open-heart surgery and have a genuine uh, peace with it. And if you go in with a fixed, oh, this is just tonsillitis, you know, I'll just crack a few jokes and walk out, you know. (laughs) Maybe that's a completely incorrect assumption. Yeah. So that kind of uh, being there to learn. See, he's passing me the microphone. Just got with us. I'm just teasing you. After our last interaction when we were teaching, and Paul asked me to be quiet while you guys were doing your triads, I went over to Paul and I said, thank you for telling me to be quiet. So uh, I like the rule of three to answer your question. No more than three sentences about yourself. Mm. As a guideline, something to experiment with, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da. And then you learn there's ways to turn it back. You know what I mean? Then that's a whole other kind of... And so how about you? You know, like, so you are directing some of the conversation, but one guideline is just experiment with more, no more than three things. 
sentences. And those are not sentences with tons of colons and commas and dashes. You know, they're kind of, you know, you know my name is Jennifer, you have da 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 Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, about you, you know. So and it's not a rule, but it's something to experiment with. I've also heard it described as one breath. You know, speak for one breath. You know. <laughs> the other thing you want to be careful for is that, uh, you know, having a heartfelt, warm, wonderful, emotional, cathartic kind of exchange with a person could feel like you're really doing your job. It feels so good to be connected. It's so wonderful. But if that's our agenda, we'll, we'll get in trouble. As a, if that's what, we, that's what we expect, that's what we, that we want, um, that's what we think it's all about, uh, that starts uh, biasing the whole conversation in a way that might not be helpful for the person who's there. So you, have to be, you have to be a little careful with the, you know, you have to kind of let, let the, you have to be really, really tuned in to the patient and to know what they need. And some of them just need you to watch football with them. Yeah, less is more, as a rule. Um, your feeling and connecting inside will convey itself without your using a lot of, without your expressing that in very much language. And uh, where it will go, reflecting back, keeping the flashlight on them, that's really, really important. And you'll, you'll learn that the hard way, so. <laughs> There you go. You're, you're going to learn it the hard way. <laughs> Despite all efforts to be perfect. I, I would add to that, you, you're probably going to be, have, have given something substantially positive and supportive more than you can imagine. You know? mm-hmm. the, the, most of the time, that's how it's going to be. You're going to walk into the room thinking, oh, I really was clumsy and awkward and didn't quite say the right thing. And most of the time, the person's just going to be deeply grateful for your deep care and consideration. Any other thoughts before we close? Perspectives? Just... One thing when we uh, started talking about making a prison scenario, I just wanted to share my observation that this is a very, very different um, it just interaction yes. than we have when we go into the prisons. Our opportunity to have any sort of one-on-one um, sharing with prisoners is, is limited, and it's usually pretty brief and kind of understated. Because we kind of go in and do more like a classroom yeah. um, vibe. And so we're leading meditation and we're leading maybe a Dharma talk and we're checking in. So there's the same principles applied of like compassion and listening and holding a mm-hmm. group because we're asking people to open up in a situation where it's very difficult to open up. Um, it's even difficult sometimes for me to open up in a room full of prisoners. So. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for them because they have to go, you know, do their other prison guy stuff later. And so it's it's just a very different scenario. It's just a different kind of chaplaincy, I guess. So. Yes, very good point. In one way, we hope how we're conducting ourselves 
within this group is is modeling something that you can learn from. And but I was also thinking maybe we should make an exercise specifically around looking and attending to group dynamics. Because you know? um, some of us uh, volunteer at Elmwood and County Jail. And there are a lot of one-on-ones there. So that's mm. really, this is really helpful for those of us who do one-on-ones. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. We need to draw this session to a close, but if anyone has any final words. So as the year goes on, we'll, we'll offer more of these kind of role plays. And, and as you start to get a feel for them, you, you, you can experiment. You know, as I said before, this is a place where if you make a mistake, so be it. It'll just be something to learn from. Nothing terrible will happen. So thank you all. We take a short break now. Is this the silent one? No. No. Okay. So let's take a break for 15 minutes. If you could come back at 2.45. And I'll be leaving you now for, for today. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.